Separating the trash and the whites and colors. I'm sure no one asked you to do that. Eight years. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And the show has started. Hello. Hey, Pat. Uh, we're not together. We're apart. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. That's it. So sad. Yeah, it is very sad. <laughs> That's uh, it. <laughs> uh, no, it's been a crazy, I mean, weather-wise, it's been crazy. It's, it's been such a weird winter as far as, like, there'll be no snow for a while, and then it'll be, like, four degrees, zero degrees today as it was, and then it'll snow a bunch, then freezing, just a very inconsistent uh, weather. I know. I'm desperately waiting for March to get here. I mean, I know it'll still snow like one or two times in March, but it won't be that bad. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's never gonna not not the same at all. Uh, much you just at some point when it's it's not that bad to me. The weather never bothers me until it gets to like the negative degrees and the zero degrees. That's when it really like hits home. Like I just want it to be warm again. I know. I I um, actually park across from. Um, Across the street from where I work, and there's a busy street I have to cross, so it usually takes me a couple minutes to cross. There's no like stoplight or stop sign or anything. Yeah. So when it's cold, I really feel it. At least uh, you and me are driving most of the time, not doing a ton of walking compared to uh, people that live in the city or how we used to do it in school. Dude, I got an older car though. It takes like 10 minutes to get up. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's all chip in some money so I can get a new car. I wouldn't be against it. Okay, perfect. Actually, speaking of which, Pat, I was looking at our uh, iTunes reviews, and we did get a new iTunes. This will cheer you up a little bit. Uh, we got one, hey! one new iTunes review, and it's from uh, Smacko Jones, and it says, Pat is great. Yes! just says, Pat is great. That's all. Oh, well, I love that. Thank you. Little Smacko! Sh- little shot at me, though. Uh, no comments <laughs> Why, about you me. Weren't mentioned? Yeah, because I wasn't mentioned. So I'm assuming there's either you know if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. I think that's kind of what he was going for in that. So I'm all about me, baby. Well, Jared, sometimes no news is good news. Yeah, but but any press is good press, right? I suppose this is more press than news. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't know how to take it. I'm a little heartbroken, but it's okay. Uh, somebody just write hey, an well, iTunes review just about me. I think you're coming up at a year anniversary of the Daily Mail giving you guys a shout-out. Yeah. Pat, are you doing the Polar Plunge this year, or what did you decide? I haven't decided, because okay. last year it was it was warm. Yeah. It was like, how, how warm was it? Uh, I, uh, It was still in the 30s, but it was warmer, right? It was maybe like 33 or so, 34. Like, it was above freezing, I, got I believe. Fit. Yeah, I got fit, and th- that was still pretty bad. So I have like really bad fears of it being like really cold. So I'm trying <laughs> to figure out if I can yeah. emotionally handle it if that's the case. All right, hashtag pray for Pat. Can I wear protection? Yeah. That's the hashtag of the show. All right, so uh, well, yeah, what? 
I was going to say, remind me again. What what does the money that gets donated go to? It all goes to Smacko. Okay, I'm not doing it. <laughs> he just gave you a good review. Well, I appreciate that, but I'm not going to jump in a cold lake for Smacko. No, no, no. It goes uh, Special Olympics. It all goes to Special Olympics. Okay. So now, if you say I'm not going to jump in, the, now if you say I'm not going to jump in the uh, the lake for Special Olympics, that makes you seem like you don't care about people with uh, disabilities, Pat. I wouldn't say that. I don't know. It's just it's more implied when you don't want to jump. Decision coming soon. Okay, perfect. So, uh, Pat, what's been going on in the past uh, week? The Super Bowl happened. I don't know, Jared. I watched the Super Bowl like yeah. everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was, actually, it was apparently a lot lower viewership this year than previous years. Really? Not that many people watched it? Apparently, compared to the last bunch of years, this is one of the lowest ones in a while, viewership-wise. I don't know. You think some people maybe like don't have cable, and they just like weren't watching it, or they were watching it like online or something, or do they take that into account? I would think they take that into account. Yeah, you're saying with less people getting cable, or they're just people that... I can't imagine there's anybody that's just not watching it just because they can't get cable. I feel like they're showing it everywhere, right? Yeah. It's kind of everybody. Everybody's got a someplace they can go to watch it, I would think. They were even streaming it on <laughs> was, Amazon Prime. I saw that. Like Amazon, you could stream it on. Yeah, there's so many ways to watch TV now. Like, I know someone who watches TV on PlayStation 4. Yep. Yep. Like the Sling TV and stuff like that. The people are, uh, they kind of just pick the channels they want and then are watching them on different devices. Yeah, like Xbox or PlayStation, that kind of thing. You know what's interesting? I remember I listened to a podcast a year ago about the Super Bowl. It was Bill Burr, and he was saying that he's, like, so grateful that he finally decided to stop watching it live. Like, he just goes out and goes shopping, and, like, nobody's out. It was, like, a productive day and just, like, tapes the game. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just cannot watch sports when they're taped. I don't know if I could do that. I think, like... My anxiety of, like, knowing who was winning and, like, not witnessing it live. Like, what if it was, like, the most amazing game ever, you know? Yeah. Which I thought it was overall a pretty good game. It was. Uh, not as much. I kind of got, I kinda got like, a little nervous. I thought that New England was going to pull it out, and I was just kind of tired of them winning. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think everybody kind of had uh, that, you know, that thought. Nobody was that nervous, I think, for New England, even, like, down, you know, a score with two minutes left, I think everybody kind of thought they would come back like they always do. I, I got a text when um, Alshon made one of those, or made the touchdown catch. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that was huge. I was like, it, it was 28 to three last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. That's exactly. So you're like, even, yeah, even though I was early in the game, you're still thinking that they're going to come back. It was crazy. Cause I actually, I got to fact check this, uh, but I believe Alshon Jeffrey last year, Set when he was on the Bears saying we're going to win the Super Bowl next year or something along those lines like we're going to be in the Super Bowl we're going to win the Super Bowl next year and then he ends up getting you know now he's on the Eagles and they actually did win. But yeah, was, I think you're correct. I remember that too. He was referring to and we were kind of making fun of it because the Bears are so bad and we were, you know he was referring to you know the Bears at the time, but uh, he ended up being right. He was a man on a mission. Yeah, he was. And yeah, exactly. Maybe the Bears would have kept on to him. They would have won this year. You never know. I always liked Alshon. Yeah, no, I thought he was the Bear, and the Bears need wide receivers now, so it's kind of crazy that he's gone. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. He won. Good for him. Uh, so Pat, did you? Uh, so the game, the most yards ever in a in a game. 
uh, pretty crazy that we got to witness that. And just to me, that just tells me bad defenses in the game. I actually saw a funny retweet from our boy Jordan saying that the Lions hired the, uh, what's his name, Matt? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Matt Patricia, the defensive yeah, coordinator for the Patriots. It. They hired a defensive coordinator for the Patriots, gives up 500 yards or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's very true. I mean, yeah, you can't be feeling too happy about that situation right now when you've just let up, you know, in a very crucial game, let up a crazy number of yards. I'm not a coach. No. I mean, very crucial game. It's the biggest game. Yes, a good point. The most crucial game. I should have rephrased that. Yes. Yeah. No, that was, yeah, I agree. It was just a little bit, uh, you know, not a great sign going into him being a head coach, starting to be a head coach. Uh, so that, I thought that was crazy that both of the Patriots coordinators had jobs lined up before the game. Well, did you see, actually, the, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots just turned down the head coaching job for Indianapolis. Oh, he turned it down? Uh, I got an update probably 30 minutes ago. No, well, no. <laughs> news to me. Yeah, breaking news by the time you hear this two is. days from now. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's like, I got a pretty good thing going here in New England. <laughs> and he was, Loyalty, he was, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Indianapolis, maybe, you know what? Here's what could have been. A lot of times they're, you know, maybe he was basing his assumption on Andrew Luck being healthy when he took over the head coaching job, and maybe Andrew Luck's not going to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. He has to work more than he planned. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, so, Pat, the commercials is obviously always a big conversation. So what was your thought on the commercials this year? I honestly didn't pay too much attention to them. I think the one that made me laugh was the Crocodile Dundee one. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. It looked like they were going to make a new movie, and then they were just like, oh, we're just referencing it for advertising. It was just for, like, traveling to Australia. Yeah, but they are making a new movie. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh, it's not that funny anymore. But th- they were just using that was just an advertisement for Australia, but they are actually also making a new movie. With the same actors that were featured, like Danny yes. McBride? Yep. Oh, wow. I've seen a ton well, of trailers. I kind of want to see that. I've seen a bunch of trailers and stuff for it. Oh. Unless it's all just that. one big ploy, one big scheme for Australia, but I really don't think so. No, we had a ton of food. I mean, cheese sticks jalapeno poppers, wings. There was a ton of beer, so like during commercials, I was pretty occupied. You take your shirt off, yeah. you know, you, you have a beer. Gotcha, yeah. The So that one I thought was good. Uh, there was a Jeff Goldblum commercial, so I was going to do a Jeff Goldblum commercial review. With Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was actually Brent Flake's idea. There was four different people that texted me once uh, Jeff Goldblum had a commercial uh, <laughs> I remember him being in the Bowl. commercial. I don't remember what it was for. It was just, it was a Jeep slash, it's like they, they keep doing this. This is a new thing now that I've seen a lot of advertisements. They're combining a car and uh, and a movie together. So like they did, Nissan did that big thing with the Rogue when that Rogue One movie was coming out for Star Wars. And then they have like a Star Wars version of that, uh, you know, a Star Wars version of the Nissan Rogue that you can buy. And then also it's like a promotion, like in the commercial, somebody's driving a Nissan Rogue through a bunch of like AT-AT, you know, walkers and they're getting shot at and stuff like that while they're driving, you know, their car and it's like they're like in a Star Wars movie. Um, kind of a promotional thing for both of them. So this was the same thing with Jeep. I don't know if they're, it's not really a Jeep version. It doesn't look like of, it's like there's not a Jurassic Park version of the Jeep, but uh, 
the Jeep is also, like, if you think of whatever cars you associate with Jurassic Park, it's always the Jeep. Like, they had a bunch of Wranglers in, like, the original one that had, like, the big logo on the side. They were white. That's uh, kind of what you think of when you think of the cars that are driving away in it. So Jeff Goldblum is driving a modern Jeep. It flashes back to a scene of him from the original Jurassic Park, and then it's showing him, you know, in a modern Jeep, him looking the way he looks now, and then driving away from some T-Rex that's chasing him. And then... Great hair. Great, yeah, gray hair, exactly. And then he, uh, somebody, you know, like wakes him up basically from the daydream that he's having and uh, asks him if he wants to test drive it. He said, I basically already did. So, um, classic, you know, classic Goldblum, a reference to one of his most famous movies. You can't go wrong with it. You know, it's a throwback. I'm going to buy the Jeep now. <laughs> okay. So it's, uh, I think it worked. I'll believe it when I see it. I would get it. I would give it a Jeff Goldblum on the uh, on the Jeff Goldblum commercial review. It's a big stage. Yeah, big Super st- Bowl exactly. commercial. Exactly, that's big time for him. That's big time for him. The other commercial. Speaking I liked, of stage. Yep. Oh. Oh no! Go, go for it. Go for it. Let's hear your stage. Right. I was going to say, speaking of stage, what did you think of the halftime show? Uh, Justin Timberlake. We've seen him do it before, right? I like. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, I, I like Justin Timberlake. I've seen. Yeah, I. I think he's always he is solid for for pop music. I actually like a lot of his songs. Uh, I, I he's a good dancer. He's a good performer. He seems like a very likable guy. I don't know. I just wanted to. It wasn't like that crazy compared to a lot of them, right? I mean, like a lot of them are big like spectacles and stuff like that. This one seemed like a little toned down. And I don't know if that was because of last time that he did it was the whole Janet Jackson thing. And then, so maybe that was a little too crazy. And it seems like since that time, they've kind of toned things down a little bit. Like, they've gone safer routes since that time. Uh, But, like, you know, ones that stick out to you are ones where they're, like, something really crazy happened. And I don't, there wasn't that much stuff. Everybody was also talking about him bringing somebody else out, like them uh, reuniting NSYNC or Janet Jackson coming back out again. I didn't think Janet Jackson was going to come back out, but that was one of the bets that was out there. But I would have liked to have seen that. I would have liked to have seen somebody else come out. It's kind of fun when somebody else does. So I'm a JT fan as well. I just remember growing up and he was always on the radio. My biggest thing was I felt like it was mostly dance, like he didn't sing enough. Yeah. Yep. A little also hard to hear what he was saying a lot of the time. I I just like, I remember like saying out loud, like he's not even singing. Yeah. A lot of the parts were even just the chorus, which is already like the pre-programmed, you know, just stuff that's already recorded and playing. And so it's a little bit, it was a little strange. It was a little strange. Thought it was cool he went into the crowd. I can't ever remember anyone doing that. No, he went into the crowd. He took that random, obviously, that was big talks. All those memes came. But the best part of, the, I would say, the oh halftime was God. all the that's memes. That's what, like, everyone said right away was that that's going to be the next meme was that kid <laughs> getting a selfie. Because the kid was so, like, shy. I don't, it was one of those looks where you really couldn't tell if he really didn't know Justin Timberlake that well or if he was just, like, in so much shock that he was just picked up this random kid in the crowd and just starts, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, just starts like singing with him and takes pictures with him and stuff like that. Seems it was seemed really random. You you don't know how random it was, but you know, obviously, all the memes coming out of like him on his phone while Justin Timberlake's next to him, like googling who's Justin Timberlake, or the different things like that. And so it it is just it was like one was like meme. just met Conor McGregor. Yeah, 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 all the different ridiculous ones. And see, the kid's look was very good. I mean, it was very, like, you know, everybody thought it was funny as it was going on. You know what else was kind of random? Some of the music selection they were playing, like, 
him transitioning in the commercial was kind of weird. Like, they played a Mudvayne song. Do you know who Mudvayne is? I don't. It's a metal band, and, like, the song came out when we were in, like, middle school. Like, hasn't been relevant, like, in a long time. <laughs> Good song, but I was, like, kind of like, oh, okay. And then, like, they came back from commercial, and they played that Semisonic song, Closing Time. Yeah. So I, they were all over the place. You can't play stuff. Closing Time unless it's at the end of something. I know, and it was like to start like the fourth quarter. I mean, that, I guess that kind maybe of works, that right? Makes sense. Yeah, maybe that works. But uh, I think other bands need to start making like time sensitive music, right? Like, so, like, let's get it started. Um, Black Eyed Peas accomplishes that, but that wasn't the original lyrics, so I don't really count that. But it's like a good thing for getting <laughs> something started. Uh, but like that kind of a thing, right? How about some songs about the middle? You know that kind stuck of stuck in the middle with you. Stuck in the yeah, yeah. But I'm that's what I'm saying. So more of that. We need some more. How about a more uh, you know more a newer song with that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't even think you go punny, man. I think you just play like something that's like epic. You know, it's the Super Bowl. Well, you no, know, I'm not saying it's for Super Bowl specific. I'm just saying like closing time is an okay song, but it gets played a lot more than a normal song of that era does because of the closing time, like because it's, it's always just used at the end of things. So I think other bands need to capitalize ah. on that. Yeah. I, I don't really know how they could do that. Well, I just explained, Pat. Well, I don't understand, so you did a shitty job. Okay, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on the halftime? Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay, uh, so one of the, the best commercial, Pat, I, I really hope you did see this one. And this is the first commercial commercial that I've le- legitimately laughed at, like just out loud in a while. Was the Odell Beckham Jr. and Eli Manning uh, dance that they did? Yeah, that wasn't even like an advertisement. It was just an NFL commercial. Isn't that so strange that I, I think the best commercial of the whole thing was an NFL commercial? Like, what are they even promoting? Like, it's not you know, <laughs> everybody's already watching your sport. It was just yeah. It was so str- It was so like. You didn't picture it at all because you wouldn't picture him doing that. Like, you wouldn't picture Odell doing that or Eli agreeing to that, that kind of thing. And it was very ridiculous. The guy is holding the coach back from stopping them dancing. He holds them up in the air, you know. Like, it was just such a ridiculous, you know, ridiculous dance. And it just made made me more pissed off because the other day I was in a – we were playing bocce ball. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not, but it was just me and my brother – we're in this uh, kind of area with some music playing, and I'm like, I just wanted to dance, you know, kind of slow dance with Vaughn, and he wanted to do it. <laughs> and then I was starting to get pissed off because now I'm watching this, I see it's totally acceptable in 2018 to do this. If anything, it's, you know, celebrated. And uh, now I'm a little bit upset. I'd be upset too. Way to go, Vaughn. Yeah. Move on, you judgmental yeah. prick. Well, I, I don't know. From like a PR standpoint, like you're generating buzz, I guess. You're making it like the sports, like, you know, lighthearted and fun. And I don't know, referencing like a what's supposed to be like a love scene, I guess, and just trying to make it funny, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was. A, I thought it was well done. Bravo, NFL. Bravo. <laughs> well, let it do, my wee Spanish ladies. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a Henry. What? What? I'm talking about a great white chief. Uh, I was going to ask you, what did you do for Groundhog's Day? What did I do for Groundhog's Day? 
This is the biggest bullshit day of the year. Why do you think that? But has it ever gone the other way? Alright, let's see this. Groundhog's Day. I see these are all questions I didn't think you were to ask. Okay, so February second, it was on Friday. Friday. Hmm. Celebrated with a pint of booze. Okay. As of twenty seventeen, Punxsutawney Phil has made hundred and thirty predictions. With an early spring no shadow predicted 18 times, according to Stormfax, uh, so 40% of the time he's right. What? I thought either, it, I, I just assumed it's just his choice. What do you mean he's right? Well, it's, it's either if he sees a shadow or not. And then if it's like, if you see your shadow, um, no shadow means you're going to have an early spring. Okay. Huge question. He's How do that, they know if he sees the shadow? They predicted that 18 times, and it's been right 40% of the time. And okay. That's, and that's according to Wikipedia, so you can't get those, those facts and not be wrong. How do they know if he sees the shadow? Does he tell them? No. I guess it's it, I guess it's really if they see a shadow, right? That's so dumb. If the sun comes up, he's going to have a shadow. Well, that is right 40% of the time. 40% of the time. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, does this go for the whole world, or does this just go for the U.S.? I don't. You know what? That's a good question. I feel like it should just be for Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's it's. Uh, Mike James actually was the one that brought this up for me the other day, and you know, he's like, "What a weird holiday this is that we celebrate." It's these weird guys with top hats that bring out this groundhog, you know, this thing that it's never. It's not even a holiday if you're not there. I think it's a holiday. So I asked my boss. I ended up asking my boss why we didn't get off work for Groundhog's Day. <laughs> and he said it was because he thought it was next week. So I thought that was a pretty oh. good reason. So uh, we did. I did have to work on Groundhog's Day, so I was a little bit upset about that. Next year, I think I'll be taking it off if, if our company doesn't get it off. I mean, it was on a Friday. It would have been nice. Would have been nice, yeah. And so, nice. yeah, so I guess, you know, we're supposed to have six more weeks of winter. He, he uh he did see a shadow. I mean, can't they put like a blindfold on for a day? Well, he only looks one day a year. Yeah, so they could Who put really a blindfold on. six more weeks of winter? Put a blindfold on it. <laughs> it's just supposed to help you so you can predict how, what you're going to, your wardrobe for the rest, for the next six weeks, Pat. You know, spotting fancy jackets and clothes. Yeah, exactly. First class. Exactly. If I can't scuba, then what's this all been about? What am I working toward? So, Pat, uh, here was big news. One of our former guests on the show uh, on Chubstep, Bobby Gordon. I don't know if you remember, we had a little thing with Bobby Gordon. I said he was one of the best overall drivers uh, ever. He was somebody that raced in, like, IndyCar and NASCAR and all the, in, like, the truck series. He was this big driver. He was recently on The Bachelor. Oh, boy. Uh, and so I was doing a little workout in uh, my living room, and my sister was watching The Bachelor. I was oh, watching you were doing the episode. A workout watching The Bachelor. I was actually. I'm not flexing yeah. them, bro. That's natural. And uh, really, I've I've Are you seen sweating? I've now seen two episodes of The Bachelor, and in this episode that I've seen, uh, he happened to be a guy that I knew was judging this competition where all the girls had to do a uh, demolition derby. Uh, they each got a car, and they had a demolition derby. The winner got a date with the main guy. Then. The guy that was judging, kind of doing the commentating on it, was Bobby Gordon, friend of the podcast. And guess what? He mentioned Chubstep. I'm just curious what you mean by you were exercising watching The Bachelor. Uh, I was doing this 
uh, leg workouts. It's like a series of different uh, just body resistance uh, squats and stuff like leg that. Leg workouts. Yeah. J- just one leg? Both legs? Both legs. Both legs. But I don't think okay. you say legs workout. I don't think that's the proper way to say it. Well, you could say leg workout, and then I don't know. That is what I said. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was just doing that. My sister's playing The Bachelor. I've seen two episodes now. That was one of them. Bobby Gordon on it. Big time. Wait, so they were doing a demo derby? Demolition derby, yeah. So they were crashing cars into each other. That's what a demolition derby is. It's quite a dangerous um, competition. It is kind of. Like, they, you know, you have, like, you're strapped in, you have helmets and stuff on. But it's still kind of, like, you think about it, you're doing something as, like, a joke, you know, as, like, a competition. But that's, like, people, like, die in car accidents all the time. Like, they're going slow enough speeds and that, you know... I don't think there's really any major injuries in demolition derby. Otherwise people would not be doing it, but it's kind of crazy that you're like doing something that people die every day doing. Have you ever been to one? I have been to one. I, I enjoy them. Uh, it's been a while since I've been to one, but I, I like seeing them. I actually went to one at the Kendall County fairgrounds when I was a kid and there was one collision and it was over. That's pretty crazy. Uh, why? I remember. So I remember being like really excited as a kid. Like yeah. these, these cars are gonna crash into each other on this yeah. like little dirt ground area. Yeah. Really, like revving the engines, one crash totaled the car. But there had to be more than one car, right? Well, there was two cars. Oh well, yeah. Usually, demolition derby has like fifteen cars. Yeah, like a ton of cars. Well, yeah. this was a fairground, Jared. Yeah, most of the most of the ones I've seen are in fairgrounds. See, where do people? Where are people going to see demolition derbies? I don't know, like an actual racetrack? No, no, no. Most of the time I see them have been in fairgrounds. Sometimes at racetracks, though. I guess that is true. Uh, you know what I think this is? Actually, this is interesting, Pat. How about this connection for you? So uh, there's, you know, the, the, the theory is that people recreate, uh, you know, like trauma in their life, right? So maybe this is kind of uh, a situation where people are recreating, like there was a lot of car accidents in the early, you know, in the early days of cars because they didn't have the safety. A lot of people were dying. So they're like, how do we make, you know, how do we keep this in our psyche and kind of celebrate it? And so they started Demolition Derby, kind of like the way, the same way Jewish people do Passover or the same way that, uh, you know, somebody with, uh, you know, some girl with an alcoholic dad keeps dating alcoholic guys throughout her whole life. Or things like that, Pat. What do you think about the situation? Do you think Demolition Derby is a perfect example of that? I don't get it. Okay, perfect. That's good. Uh, good analysis, Pat. <laughs> okay. Um, I was uh, speaking of cars real, real fast, Pat. Uh, I was, I was uh, filling up my car the other day with gas, and this lady kept squeezing the pump like. So many, it was pissing me off. I, so I was just standing there, you know, I, I squeeze it once, you put that little lever down so it just stays and it keeps going. Yeah. And this lady next to me just kept, instead of, I don't know if she had never heard that you can just hold it down and there was that little lever that keeps it down. Cause she just kept squeezing it. She would like rapid fire squeeze this. <laughs> and I was, it was just constant. Fire away. It was just constant clicking. And I was like, what do you, like, I didn't say it out loud. I should have just been like, what are you doing? It was it was ridiculous. Like I didn't know How if she, did she know when to stop. I think she was trying to get it close to a certain amount. Maybe that's what she was doing, but it was like not a she wasn't like getting like held it down and then kind of close. She tapped it a few times. It was I'm not exaggerating, 30 straight seconds of her just click 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 click. I mean it was just non-stop of that. And I just did not know what was going on. And this lady was just pissing me off. Maybe she was trying to exercise her wrist. That's a you know what? 
it's not a bad, maybe that's, yeah, the little ways that you could get little exercises throughout the day. Things like that. Yeah, she wanted some huge forearms. Um, it's not, hey, I've, you know, you're right, bad crazier things have happened. Put some respect on my name. You understand me? When y'all saying my name, put some respect on it. kind of didn't know if this counts as bitch what, but I okay. wanted to talk about it. Okay. I said bitch. Bitch what? Bitch, 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 she was recently banned for taking a large emotional support peacock on board a United Airlines flight. Yes. A um, couple things about this. One, I get, you know, you may need emotional support some way in your life. I don't know how a peacock does it, but emotional support peacock, that's a new one. It is. And then number two, what makes you think that that will get on a plane? Uh, people, they're really starting to push this, right? Support animals. That's what the article says. I, I didn't even know they were a thing. Support animals? Yeah, it's its a big thing. On You see it the most on planes, I think, is where you see it the most. I think in other in other scenarios, like if you see a dog inside a place, you're kind of more used to it. And it is definitely a legitimate thing. Like, you know, uh, there are people that have certain anxieties and, and things like that where having a dog around them really does help them out in certain scenarios. So it is a legitimate thing that, but usually it's dogs. I should say that. Um, the The problem is that now it's so easy to get these little like qualifications. Like I have a, you know, you can basically just get like a vest online or get like some, you know, BS certificate online. It just says your your dog is an emotional support dog when it's not trained that way or it's really not like meant to be that way. And people are really abusing the system to just take their dogs wherever they want. And uh, if you if you see a picture of this peacock, this is a big peacock, man. Yeah. No, is this? I saw the picture. It's insane how big this thing is. And Have you so seen it? I've seen it. Yeah. It, it's it. First of all, bird. Is there anything less? You know, what 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 makes you Stable. more anxious than a bird? Yeah. <laughs> Could literally get up and fly at any point. Yeah. They're they're just crazy. I mean, it's like. They all you're all you're ever worried about with birds is like don't put your hand too close to it it's gonna peck at you, uh yeah. you know and they're, and it's massive so it's like you're gonna buy a whole other uh you know a whole other seat for the bird. It's not yeah, gonna that was sit the other thing. Lap. They said that she offered to buy it a seat. Like what's it gonna just put on its seatbelt sit there? <laughs> it's gonna there. It's a very well trained peacock. But also, what happens if those feathers open up? You're gonna take at least three seats. You know, a seat on each side. I think it would be more rattling. To more people on the flight than it would for just like the support of that one person. Yeah, I just <laughs> like if there was a peacock on my flight, that's all I would think about the entire time. No, it's 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 true, and it's but it would be a good story. You could say I rode with a peacock today. It's not that great of a story. I think it'd be a pretty good story, but again, to me, Pat, this is just like uh, people kind of seeing where the limit is. Um, and like I said, it is a legitimate thing that that you know. This this the support animal thing is a legitimate uh, like it does help people, but then other people take advantage of that and you know abuse the system. And so this lady's kind of seen where the line is. Apparently, the line is peacocks. Apparently, I never really understood why I get a pet bird because one, you're gonna either have it in a cage and then it's not flying like it's entire life. Yeah. Or two, it's around the house like it's flying around the house. How do you get it like back to where it belongs? 
You know, I think uh, Steve James, friend of the show, had a parrot for a while. We can ask him the advantages and disadvantages of that sometime. Yeah, I've never heard a parrot talk. Uh, I've heard, I've heard ones, I've heard types of birds uh, say different things. Just repeat things, like never like, I don't think they do like sentences, but they can repeat little words here and there. Were they nice little words? Yeah, it usually is nicer words. Every once in a while, I'm sure there's people that train their, their animals to just, we need a bird that's a chub step all the time. New episodes every Thursday. I mean, if you don't have anything Thursday. nice to say, don't say anything at all, right? But fine. Hey, hey, hey. We Fix. just, yeah. We, so, Pat, what bird, what animal would you want to bring as an emotional support animal if you could? Um, I'm a dog person. Probably a dog. Okay. What if you really wanted to push the limits? Tiger. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking like a bobcat. Like something that's <laughs> kind of like, you know, kind of like a dog, kind of like a cat. Like it's borderline... Uh, but it's very dangerous. It's clearly very dangerous. But like, it's making everybody else way more nervous uh, than you know. It's sitting right. It, you know, it, it's kind of fits on your lap. Like it's not absurdly too big, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's good. I guess people have pet snakes. You could bring a snake, like put it around your neck. Keep it around your neck, like a. Uh, oh, that would be great, Pat. If you get like a big enough snake, that's basically like a neck pillow. People always get those neck pillows it, for flights. There you go. They say that the snakes like. Um, Pull close to your skin because they're cold-blooded and they like the warmth. Yeah. So then you can just take a nice little nap. And it probably helps you with all that restriction on your blood flow. Take a little nap. Or, you know, it's you know gets pissed off and then you got a Snakes on a Plane issue. That's true. That's true. We could always use a new sequel to Snakes on a Plane. You know, sticking snakes on this monkey fighting plane. Yeah. (laughs) Or Monday to Friday plane. Monday to Friday plane, yeah. Monday to Friday I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. Uh, how about a Jeff Goldblum movie review? Hi, hi, hi. I'm Jeff Goldblum. You, you, you interest me strangely. You have uh, you've uh, uh, tapped into some kind of secret vein. Why would you do that to Goldblum? <laughs> What's Goldblum ever done to you? What's Goldblum ever done to you? Forget the fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. Because she's sweet and like a peach, and like a juicy and sweet. You're afraid to be too Goldblum. He thinks if he smells Goldblum, he's going to be Goldblum. By jamming them into his pocket. I'm going to get my Goldblum on. That is one big pile of shit. Goldblum is content. Uh, People always ask me how I pronounce my name, Goldblum or Goldblum. Uh, I always tell them the same thing. How dare you speak to me? Did the commercial. Yeah, it was a commercial review. That's not the movie review. Okay, yes, so, sir. so here we go. Uh, in, in 1985, February 12th of 1985, the first episode of season four of Fairy Tale Theater was released. And there was wow, an episode. sounds magical. <laughs> it was an episode called The Three Little Pigs. And uh, so this is what happens here. Uh, so this show ran for five years. It was directed by Howard Storm. Howard Storm ended up doing some episodes of Keenan and Kel. Everybody remembers that. He also did Every Lo- Everybody Loves Raymond, some episodes of that as well. So this episode of this show uh, is so it's starring Billy Crystal. He plays one of the pigs. Uh, Jeff Goldblum plays Buck Wolf, the wolf. And then nice. there is uh, Stephen First, who I didn't recognize. He plays one of the he plays a a pig as well. Larry Hankin, who plays Carl and Billy Madison, his dad's friend that he likes. Uh, that guy is this guy that keeps trying to sell the different pigs, like the straw and the wood and all that stuff. 
Doris Roberts is the mom of the pigs. She is the mom in Everybody Loves Raymond. There's a little connection there when he directed later. And then the other pig is Fred Willard, who is from Best in Show. You would definitely recognize him if you saw him, Pat. Even you. Even me. Even you. So those are kind of people, the main people in this. So it's, it just, it's literally just the story of the three little pigs. But it's an hour long. So they, they take a children's book, which probably takes five minutes to read. And then you uh, extend it into an hour-long episode. And you have everybody in these ridiculous costumes that don't look like real pigs. Like, clearly it's a person with, you know, pink face makeup on and then, like, some, you know, ears and stuff like that. And then you do that for an hour. And then, uh, so, I think I don't need to go through the whole story of the Big Bad Wolf. You know, it's a three, not the Big Bad Wolf, the three little pigs. It's a story about, you know, the one pig wants to, they all want to build houses. One makes them out of straw, one makes out of wood, one makes out of brick. You know, huff, 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 I'll blow this house down. That's played by Jeff Goldblum, so he's the one blowing all these houses down. Starts off with him doing some uh, some pull-ups on this on this pull-up bar, and he's he's jumping while he's doing the pull-ups, which oh. is not good for him. Um, See, he's got to get in shape for that, you know, blowjob he's got to do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it also got to build up the strength. At the end, he has a funny line that says, "I'll never bring home the bacon," because he doesn't end up killing huh. the killing the uh the pigs that's a little spoiler for people out there that haven't heard this uh here's here's okay here's my thoughts on this i don't really understand it because it's like it's i guess for kids right this is a kid's story it's supposed to be for kids but it's kind of like a little bit it's not adult humor but it's like a little bit like i don't know it's like they're kind of making more adult it's like a adult comedy but not in the sense of like dirty type jokes just in like it's a little bit uh, you know, maybe it's just something that kids were supposed to be able to watch with their parents and still understand the story. But it's also just like it's a little bit too over the top, which a lot of kid things are. This is pretty hard to watch, Pat. Honestly, this is kind of hard for me to watch for an hour. Um, but it wasn't like I mean, I, I don't know how good you can make the three little pigs story. I just it's not I think you could do it much better than this. Uh, for me, it's a bottom tier Jeff Goldblum. It's a it's a Randy Quaid on the Independence Day movie review scale. I'm fly. I'm pilot. Well, that's a shame. It is a shame. Uh, but, you know, what do you Damn shame. Do? Yeah. And I like all those guys, right? I like, I like the people in this. It was a good cast. It just it didn't play for me. It didn't, it didn't hold up. Who me. is the guy you said I, you, even I would know? I said Fred Willard. W-I-L-L-A-R-D. Willard. Okay. You're I typed it in Fred Lillard, and it was just showing pictures of Matthew Lillard. Oh, no. Okay, so, uh, Pat, anything else you want to get to? I uh, saw Oreo candy bar at a low-key gas station. Oh. Didn't know those exist. I didn't know that either. Is it just like an extended Oreo in a rectangle shape? Pretty much, yeah. It's like the size of a, not quite the size of a Snickers bar, more like a Milky Way. You, you dig what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So kind of skinny. Interesting. The, the problem with Oreos is the only way to really eat them is to buy this whole pack. Eat there's, the whole box, man. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's the problem is that there's not really like a good snack option for Oreos. Like if you're just like on you a road trip or something like that. You split that in half and you lick that filling. Do you do that? I just eat the whole thing. I don't do that. I like the combination of, of both flavors together at the same time. I actually like to soak mine in milk. So do I. I soak. Oh, them. so do I. If you do that, if you have the time, if you have the patience for that, it's amazing. <laughs> if you have the time. Yeah, that's that'll blow your mind. But I'm sure everybody's I like done it nice that. And soft. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it's a good find, Pat. That's why you like those low-key gas stations. Yeah, they always. Have, I always get surprised. I guess you could soak it in milk, but it's got like the chocolate filling over it. It's oh, like okay. Dimension. Oh, it's all covered in chocolate, so it's got the things, and then it's covered in chocolate. Interesting. Yeah, it's like covered in chocolate. And it's like Oreo cookie with the filling on the inside. Got it. Got it. Got the it. picture kind of looked like it had like chunks of like the Oreo cookie in the filling. Like it was oh. like a white and black like middle. Gotcha. 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 Okay. It sounds a lot better than some of Oreo's other creations. I would agree. I would agree. Stick to the basics. They need to do. Yeah. Okay, how about some Tanzanian news, Pat? The infection causes immediate respiratory failure, and scientists claim that these patients are now transmitting. You know what Fugazi is? Fugazi. It's a fake. Fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a wazi. It's a fairy dust. What are you, from Tanzania? Yes, I am. The giant rats that love avocado and can diagnose deadly TB. A team what? in Tanzania has trained African pooched rats uh, to make life-saving <sighs> discoveries sniffing out cases of tuberculosis missed by health clinics. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our Marquette friends, Dave Riedel, has a pooch. So this would be perfect. If definitely uh, he would like this type of rat. So there's, they, they go through the story of this rat named Rizawan. And so Rizawan, uh, just on an average day, does 100, uh, diagnoses 100 different samples of people's sputum samples. So What is that? Uh, I, I just, let my, instead of looking it up, I just let my imagination run wild on what sputum is. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to keep it uh, anonymous. So this is what it says. So, okay, so how this works is that, so this, this rat is placed in a cage. And technicians. Oh, you don't want to know what sputum is. <laughs> oh God, good. You don't want to know. Good, good, good. It's better in my imagination. So, yeah. technicians insert a small bar holding ten dishes of human sputum, and then <sighs> uh, one by one, these metal grates open, and the rat goes over and snitches, uh, sniffs each petri dish. So then they Dude, go. I'm from, getting grossed out. So this rats go and they smell these different petri dishes, and when it uh, starts scratching at the bottom of that area. That means that the rat smells the disease. And then if, and then so they'll do that and do that with like more than one rat to just to double check it all. And then uh, if they get, they get rewarded with mashed banana, avocado, and rat pellets. That's how they get, they get thing. So they're saying that these rats can find an additional 40% of tuberculosis cases on top of those discovered by traditional clinics. Science. Yeah, but they say they're not only going to use rats to treat people. Like that's just going to be like an additional, like, oh, this rat says you have tuberculosis. Now let's double check that. But they said that rats can get through 100 samples in 10 to 20 minutes. A human, a human with a microscope takes four days to test the same number. I'm not a fucking scientist. Wow, this is a lot faster. Yeah, and it's crazy that this is happening. And like, I guess tuberculosis is a much bigger thing in Tanzania. That's why it's kind of the stories about these specific rats in Tanzania. But uh, here's a little thing here. The World Health Organization estimates that last year, 4.1 million tuberculosis cases went undetected. And it's the world's top infectious killer. So, and 1.7 million people died from it. That's a lot. Yeah. So, and they said that uh, just checking it the traditional way they do now with microscopes, uh, can, they can only, sometimes they're only getting 20% of the actual, like 20, they're only catching 20% of the cases with these microscopes. So these are, you know, 
catching an additional 40% by using rats, it's pretty helpful. I would say so. That's a big number. So rats do have a purpose. I think we should start shipping some of these rats from Chicago over to Tanzania. Because apparently Chicago is the biggest rat problem. I actually don't see too problem. many of them. Apparently it's like the biggest city, the biggest problem in uh, of any of the cities right now is Chicago with rats. I saw a ton when we went to school in Milwaukee. But maybe that was because like I had an alleyway to get yeah. to my house. Yeah. I think if you were me... There was one time one yeah. was running in my direction, man. Yeah, they're not so scared. No. <laughs> no. And that's what is scary is that they're not really like, so worried about people. I'm like, what do I do? Do I become an NFL kicker right now? Do I jump? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I run the other way? I don't yeah. want rabies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Pat. Anything else you want to get to? I don't. All right, perfect. So uh, people email show chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. Rate the show on iTunes like Mr. Smacko did, and we will read your review on here. And we'll give you a review on your rating. Uh, Smacko, you get five stars. Smacko, A plus, a plus five stars. A plus five stars. Thumbs up. So, uh, And we found this review helpful. So uh, also Pat Callahan on Instagram, Pat Callahan 044 um that's not me that's not you but that is a pat kelly and follow me on instagram jersey three follow the show on twitter and, on uh, and facebook chubstep podcast the show's ended i rest my case now you know you got to go peace this is yasin